Welcome to the Sober Mofos podcast, where we discuss how to get sober, how to stay sober, and how to live a healthy, happy life in sobriety. My name is Dirk Foster. I'm a sobriety coach and author, and I've been sober since 2007. This is podcast number one. So what's the point of this podcast? Let's start with a few simple questions. Do you feel you drink too much? Is drinking or drug use causing drama or negativity in your life? Are there negative consequences from your drinking? Are you tired of hangovers? Does your life sometimes feel out of control because of drinking or drug use? Do you wish you could stop drinking or slow down? Do you worry that you won't have any fun without drinking? Many people, myself included, have found themselves trapped in a never-ending cycle of frustration and despair as a result of drinking or drug abuse. They feel bad, they feel sick, they feel embarrassed, they feel ashamed. If that describes you in any way, I have good news. There is a solution. And that's what this podcast is all about. There is a path out of despair. Drinking no longer has to negatively impact your life or fill you with you know, shame, regret, or any of those god-awful hangovers. Millions of us once felt just like you imprisoned by an addiction that some of us didn't realize we had. Alcoholism is a subtle and sneaky little bastard, and it will try to convince you that it's your friend, but will kill you if given a chance. I know this firsthand because I spent decades trapped in a repetitive cycle of destructive drinking that almost destroyed my life and nearly killed me several times. And of course, during this podcast and in a future podcast, I'm going to discuss a lot of the things that I got involved in, um, some of the war stories, um, some of the near-death experiences, um, some of the insanity that was my life as an active alcoholic and addict. So I want to share with you what I went through and what I learned about alcoholism, addiction, recovery, sobriety, and rebuilding a life filled with joy, peace, and purpose. Hopefully, I'll dispel some of the mystery that surrounds the process of getting and staying sober. So what is it like getting sober? How do you get sober? What happens in sobriety? Is staying sober difficult? Is it scary getting sober? How do I socialize without drinking? These are common questions most people have when considering the idea of getting sober or or at least slowing down their drinking. Hopefully, This podcast will answer many of of your questions. And it's important to remember that not everyone's story is identical, but our stories are usually similar concerning the emotional stages we pass through in, in recovery. The details of my story might not be the same as yours. My experience with alcohol might be better or worse than your experience. The specifics really don't matter. What truly matters is how alcohol impacts our lives. What we're concerned with are the common emotional wounds we all share and, and hope to repair. If you've ever thought you might have a drinking problem or a drug problem and feel that it's time to get a handle on it, I will share with you everything I've learned during, the, during my own personal recovery. I've been sober since 2007. As of this recording, that means I've been sober just a little over 15 years. And in that time, my life without alcohol and drug use is productive has become productive, healthy, and, and exciting. Um, it's not always exciting. I certainly have my, my down days, my slow days, my boring days, but the life I lead 
is profoundly better than what the life was that I was leading um, before I got sober. I found purpose in my life and I no longer feel the shame and that despair that once dominated my daily existence. So I'm eager to share with you my experience, strength, and hope so that you too can find the happiness, health, and joy that you deserve. You can do this if you're willing to try. It's just about having a willingness to give it a shot and see what happens, okay? So um, moving forward. So I want to share with you a little bit about my own personal story. But before I get started, if you get a chance, uh, please visit my website, which is SoberMofos.com or my YouTube channel, which is SoberMofos, um, at SoberMofos. Um, both my website and my YouTube channel offer a whole bunch of different you know, things. You got a blog, you got articles, you got books, audio books, videos, um, this podcast, of course. All sorts of information um, about addiction, recovery, and sobriety. So check it out if you get a chance, okay? So my story. I'd like to say, um, I always like to say that addiction is like a dark and gnarled tree that grows from the seed of fear. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Addiction is like a dark and gnarled tree that grows from the seed of fear. Okay, what do I mean by that? I'm convinced that I came out of the womb terrified. Uh, that first slap on my ass administered by the doctor was like like an alarm clock, startling me into a world of anxiety, angst, and fear. I started life afraid pretty much of every shadow that crossed my path. It wasn't until I discovered alcohol when I was 12 years old that I was able to suppress the fear, the awkwardness, and the shyness that dominated me. In addition to the abundance of fears that plagued me, I was also burdened with an overly sensitive personality. It seemed like everything hurt. Stepping on a bug could make me weep. When I was around five years old, I watched my older brother, Scott. He tripped while running up a flight of stairs. He banged his knee. It didn't seem to bother him very much. He simply stood up and continued on his way with barely, barely a whimper. But I was devastated. The sight of him falling and possibly getting hurt tore me up. It was nothing, just a kid falling and jumping back up. But to me, it was excruciating to witness. And I'm sharing that just to kind of express to you how sensitive, how overly sensitive I've always been. And I think as a, as a direct result of that, I, that in, in part led to my, my own personal alcoholism. And eventually I began to hate how sensitive I was about every little thing. And I was extremely uncomfortable in the world. I always felt like an outsider looking in. I grew up in this small California town that had one movie theater and a pizza parlor, very tiny place. And that was about all there was there. As a kid, there just wasn't much to do. It was a, it was a quiet place to grow up, kind of dull, a little boring. Um, my parents divorced when I was three and my brothers and I were raised by our mom and a, and a father we saw on Saturdays um, and birthdays and Christmas. Um, but otherwise, we didn't see him very much when I was growing up. It was a loving family um, and it was filled with a, a great deal of humor and laughter. It was also dysfunctional and broken in many ways like so many other um, families are. Um, <clears throat> the first time I remember tasting alcohol, okay, 
was the spoon. I, my mother gave me a spoonful of creme de menthe. It's a liqueur, um, which she allowed me to pour on a vanilla ice cream. And I don't think it made me feel drunk, but I love the fact that I was trying something that only adults were allowed to enjoy. It was, uh, you know, an innocent gesture on my mom's part. I'm not blaming my mom for any of this because um, there is no blame to go around. It was nothing more than adding a little extra um, sweetener to my dessert as far as she was concerned. But it made me feel grown up and cool. Whenever mom wasn't around, I began to add several tablespoons of the liqueur to um, ice cream um, and always licking the spoon clean, okay? Because um, I, I just, I did, there was something about it. I was drawn to this liqueur. My first real drinking experience, first time I got drunk, occurred when the brother of one of my school friends uh, bought a six-pack of Schlitz malt liquor, you know, the extra tall cans. It was a hot summer day and we pounded three cans each in rapid succession. And I clearly remember how amazing I felt as, as soon as the buzz hit me. I felt warm, confident, strong. This was what I had been waiting for my entire 12 years on earth. This was it, the magic potion that would save me. <laughs> my problems were solved. I was instantly unafraid and courageous. It was amazing. It was instantaneous. I was invulnerable, invulnerable to harm. The world belonged to me and I was a king. That's how it made me feel. The rest of the afternoon was a blur um, of stumbling, wrestling, laughing, and then eventually vomiting. When my mom came home from work, she found her little boy passed out drunk with a layer of puke down the front of his shirt. It was a charming beginning to my drinking. <laughs> The hangover and the shame I experienced were awful and humiliating. And I promised myself that I would never, ever drink again. Never, ever. And that promise lasted about two weeks. And over the next 30 years, um, I continued to chase after that first rush of drunken power. And that's how I like to describe it sometimes. It's like I felt powerful when I was drunk. And over the coming decades, I drank and, and I took copious amounts of drugs and made endless promises to myself that I was never, ever going to do it again. Guess how that turned out? So what happened? How did I finally get sober? The last year of my drinking was a living hell. And that's, that may sound dramatic. Some of you can relate. Some of you maybe can't. But there's no other way to describe it. I was 42 years old. I was flat broke, uh, living alone in this shitty one-bedroom apartment in Los Angeles. I drank every day. I snorted and smoked cocaine, and I hung around other alcoholics and addicts. I was living what we call a life of quiet desperation. I was a complete mess, physically, mentally, and spiritually. I had been arrested once and I had visited the hospital on multiple occasions because of alcohol poisoning and panic attacks. Over the years, I had pretty much burned down every meaningful relationship in my life. I was fat, miserable, and lonely. And that is sugarcoating it. <laughs> Worst and most destructive of all, I had lost all faith. Faith in my abilities, faith in other people, faith in life, faith in any concept of God. 
I was drowning in a polluted ocean of addiction and despair. And it wasn't until I found the courage to cry out for help that I was saved from the alcoholic destruction that was waiting for me, a form of slow suicide that has killed many of my friends. The last day I drank was December 8th of 2007. Seems like a lifetime ago. The next day, the gift of desperation descended upon me. I was extremely hungover. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that's just how I felt. I had had enough and I wanted help. I had tried everything imaginable, (laughs) everything imaginable to get sober on my own, including therapy, acupuncture, self-will, but nothing worked. It was abundantly clear that I couldn't get sober on my own. It just, it was just as clear as day. I just, I tried everything to get sober and nothing worked. I needed help from, from people who had gone through what I was going through. So I called a friend who was working on his sobriety in in AA. He took me to the first of many meetings that I have attended over the last, uh, well, right now, 15 years. And I haven't had a drop of alcohol since that first meeting. And I pray every day that I never have another one because I don't want to go back to that life. So I want to share with you what that experience of getting sober was like. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And what can you expect from this podcast? As the saying goes, always expect the unexpected. Entering into any new adventure requires an open mind and a willingness to, to, to learn and to grow. Getting sober isn't always easy, okay? And don't let anybody tell you that it is. I'll let you in on a little secret. It can be scary at times. It's, it's kind of like the analogy I like to use is, you know, getting sober is like riding a roller coaster when you're afraid of heights, speed, and loud noises. But it's worth the, the, the ride if you're willing to accept that you don't have to be in control, okay? You don't have to be in control, Hold on tight, enjoy the wind in your hair, and see where it takes you. You might be pleasantly surprised. I think so many people don't get sober because they're scared of where it's going to take them. They don't know what they're, where they're going to end up. You know, they have, you know, dark fear of, of where their life will lead if they don't have alcohol and drugs in their system all the time. I know I was certainly like that. But, you know, you, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta let go and, and see where the ride takes you, you know, let go and see where you end up. And I want to make it clear um, that I got sober through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. AA is the basis of my sobriety. Therefore, it informs my language when I discuss addiction and recovery. AA for me has saved my life. I love the program and I still do my best to practice its principles every day. However, Not everyone gets sober this way, and that's perfectly fine. There is more than one way to get sober, and I support any method that brings a person lasting peace in recovery. For me, AA just worked, and, um, you know, I I tried it several times before it worked, but eventually, uh, you know, I I got it, so to speak. Um, But if that's not your path, that's not your path. Do whatever it takes to get sober and stay healthy in your sobriety. That's the point. However, I I do want to say as a 12-stepper, I often reference the steps because it's the foundation of my recovery. The steps have been a great roadmap for me to follow. The point is not to beat you over the head with the steps or explain them in any detail. I'm not here to promote the program, believe me. I only want to clarify and demystify what it's like to get sober. 
If you choose AA as a means of getting sober, you will have plenty of time to learn more about each of the steps when you're in the program. And by the way, I just want to clarify this. The term alcohol can be interchangeable with drugs or any other destructive substance in your life. Whether you engage in compulsive drug abuse or alcohol abuse, each can be exchanged with the other based on your circumstance. Okay, so I just want to make that clear. So if you're feeling frightened or angry or hesitant about giving up alcohol or drugs, you're not alone. Trust me. Most people who get sober feel the same way, reluctant to give up the one thing that has given them peace and comfort over the years. But at some point, peace and happiness disappear. Eventually, alcohol mostly just brings sadness, regret, and sickness to our lives. Are you an alcoholic? I have no idea. That's a decision you have to make for yourself. Whether you decide getting sober can be accomplished, there is a solution. Millions of people around the world have been successful at achieving lasting peace in recovery. In my own experience, getting sober continues to be the single most significant achievement of my entire life. I honestly love sobriety. I really do. Without it, I have nothing. Not my health, excuse me, not my wife, not my home, no money, no serenity, no hope, nothing. As you listen to this podcast and future podcasts that I share, perhaps some of your fear about getting sober will dissipate. You'll discover that there's no mystery to getting sober. It just takes a little hard work, commitment, and a willingness to make some healthy changes that will bring joy and hope back into your life. Okay, so I look forward to sharing more of my story and other stories in the next podcast, the future podcast. And don't forget, if you get a chance, please visit my website at SoberMofos.com or visit my YouTube channel, SoberMofos, and I'll speak with you soon. Stay safe.